0: Ready for some good news this morning? Well, U.S. retail sales were really good yesterday. It seems shoppers haven't been impacted too much by inflation. Or are they spending more because of inflation? Uh, the furlough has ended in the U.K., but jobs haven't fallen. They've risen. And inflation, we've got lots of numbers to digest today. So we shouldn't be too worried about it because we're different, according to Philip Lowe. It's Wednesday, the 17th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So, another rise in the US dollar. It's up another 0.4% on the DXY, up to 95.8, which is the highest it's been since July last year. Again, it's the euro that is the counterweight, in part anyway. It's down 0.3%. The US dollar is uh, almost up half a percent against the Japanese yen. And with that rising dollar, that's setting the Aussie, which is down more than half a percent, back to just over 73 US cents now. US equities are back on track, more than half a percent up for the Dow, and 0.6% rise for the SP. P500, a 0.8% rise in the Nasdaq. Mixed in Europe, though, the Eurostox 50 is up a third of one percent. The FTSE 100 is down a third of one percent. And bond movements, quite a bit calmer, up one basis point for 10-year treasuries, but down two or three basis points for 10 years. Across much of Europe, the exception being the UK, with 10-year gilts up two basis points. And oil rising, a 0.5% rise, half percent rise in in Brent. WTI was also up half a percent, but it's lost most of that now. Uh, quite a drop in the middle of the session, though. We'll come to that. If we've got time this morning. Uh, Tapper Strickland is with me uh, today from NAB in Sydney. So it's been a nine for good news, hasn't it? US retail sales stronger than expected, and the UK jobs have bounced back faster than anticipated too. But, uh, but let's look at those UK US retail sales first of all. We had one point seven percent month on month, but that is the amount spent, isn't it? Which in- includes obviously higher prices. It doesn't reflect the quantity bought. So. Do we have a measure of that as well? Do we know how much of this increase is because people are spending more or are they buying more?
1: Uh, Good morning, Phil. Uh, Yes, that is a very good question, and the answer is we don't quite know. Um, What we do know is um, nominal retail sales, the total value, was very strong uh, in in October and really going against the grain of that uh, weaker-than-expected University of Michigan consumer sentiment report. So at least at the headline level, it suggests the rise in inflation fears isn't necessarily translating into reduced nominal spending there. And I think that is an important takeaway. Uh, And then when you look at the breadth of uh, the retail sales print, um, you saw increases across a whole range of different goods, including hobby, musical equipment, and and bookstores. So it suggests that the strength in consumer sentiment was relatively broad-based, and that is very encouraging. Um, Also adding to signs of positivity in the US were three earnings reports. So in particular, Home Depot, Walmart, and sneaker firm On. And uh, just noting that Home Depot and Walmart reported uh, very good sales. Um, so I think sales there were up a nine to 10% on last quarter. Mm. And then um, Home Depot also said that uh, its fiscal fourth quarter sales were already tracking higher than last quarter. So it does suggest that uh, the strength that we did see in October is uh, being sustained into November. Uh, And then just wanted to pick up a few comments that Walmart said, and I think this is important in terms of the outlook. Um, It said, uh, and in in terms of what's going on in global supply chains, it said uh, its U.S. inventory rose by 11.5% in the quarter has prepared for an expected strong holiday season. And it said uh, three years ago, if uh, they had said the inventory rose by 11%, uh, they would have not been very happy. So it does seem like retailers on the whole are stocking up on inventory levels because of all those supply chain disruptions that have been going on. And that's indeed adding to those supply chain disruptions. Uh, And then the second one is in terms of the US participation rate and workers coming back into the labour market, Uh, Walmart said that when the stimulus dollars started to go away, their hiring situation changed and workers uh, came back. Um, uh, Mm. to the labour market. And so now they're they're, they're fully staffed now, uh, pretty much back to to pre-pandemic staffing level. So I thought that was interesting in terms of the debate that's been going on in terms of the part rate in the US. And finally, Sneaker Firm On uh, is suggesting that some of those supply chain disruptions are starting to abate, uh, with most of its uh,
0: production facilities now all back online since early November. Happy days are here again. Uh, So this, this of course, includes the fact that people are paying more for, for gasoline, you know, to fill their cars up that obviously is counted as part of the retail sales if you take it take that out then the the number's a little less i think but it's still up and of course that means you know people have been paying more to fill their car which means they've got less money to spend but still they're spending it so you know this fear that inflation would actually stop demand doesn't seem to be eventuating people if, if they've got their savings it seems like they are dipping into their pockets now
1: Yes, I think the accumulated stock of savings during the pandemic is probably a little bit of uh, – li- sorry, has been underappreciated, and it does seem like households are, w- are able and willing to draw on that, uh, even if uh,
0: there are those fears around inflation there. Yeah, well, it could be a good Christmas then, couldn't it? Uh, James Bullard, uh, I guess because of this, has been saying that the Fed should speed up its tapering program. Um, that, uh, you know – I I, I, it seems that there's going to be a bit of uh, quite a few people echoing that sentiment. I would have thought on the back of all of this. In fact, we've got Martin Wolf writing today uh, in the FT saying that the Fed should scrap its average inflation target. It's uh, it's too confusing.
1: Yes, it's, uh, you'd have to say the roar from the financial press has been absolutely deafening on on the Fed and really pushing back. Uh, on, on the Fed's notion of average inflation targeting and saying that they should actually start to raise rates. And you've had a number of notable speakers um, recently, and uh, we've mentioned it on the morning call, inclu- including former Fed uh, President uh, Dudley, former Richmond Fed President Lacker, uh, And today we had uh, the well-known journalist Martin Wolf, and basically, basically saying the risks around inflation are just so much higher. The Fed really needs to shift towards um uh, normalizing monetary policy now. Otherwise, they would have to tighten policy too much and possibly um, cause a recession later on. And those comments are actually also echoed by the former Richmond Fed President Lackey yesterday, who said uh, if the Fed uh, continues to delay, they may have to raise uh, the Fed funds rate up to 35 to 4%, and that would almost certainly cause the next US downturn. So um, if you don't start normalizing policy earlier, then you have to move more aggressively later is basically the yes of their argument there. Uh, In terms of uh, the Fed uh, President Bullard, he said um, there were a few options available to the FLMC to turn into a more of a hawkish direction there. And one of them, as you noted, they could ramp up the taper profile. And I think a lot of people will be watching the comments coming out of other FLMC members to see if there's a broad consensus there going into the December meeting. Um, They could also start to unwind the balance sheets, actually actively uh, start to sell down the balance sheet after the end of the taper. And uh, thirdly, they could start the rate hike cycle earlier. And uh, Bullard has been well known uh, to have pencilled in two rate hikes uh, next year. And uh, just worth noting, at the September FLMC meeting, uh, the FLMC itself was evenly split on the prospects of a 2022 rate hike. And I think coming into the December meeting, it's uh, pretty easy to see the FLMC agreeing to a rate hike in 2022. And then the question would be, is that just one or two? Uh, And just worth noting, the market is a fully pricing the first rate hike from the U.S. Fed uh, by July 2022.
0: Right. Well, look, it's not just those retail numbers that are good, was it? Industrial production was also very strong. September, uh, it it fell 1.3%. October, it rose 1.6%, which is more than twice the growth that had been anticipated. And capacity utilisation is now at 76.4%, which is the highest it's been since the start of the pandemic. So, again, happy days.
1: Very happy days. And just worth noting, the level of U.S. industrial production is now back to Mm pre-pandemic levels. And um, in terms of uh, the rebound, maybe the consensus was a little bit soft, uh, just in the sense that last month it was really hit by those production outages caused by Hurricane Ida. Um, And so some kind of bounce was expected there. Um, And just worth noting that um, within that 1.6% month-to-month rise, um, there was an 11% rise in auto Production And so maybe that is saying there is some signs of normalization within those global uh, supply chains, um, or at least some production is able
0: to occur uh, even with those uh, global shortages of semiconductor chips. The downside of all of this, of course, is that this is creating demand that's going to push oil prices up. So uh, we're we're seeing that. And the, the government in the US has allowed the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to be used to try and keep prices down. Uh, it's not worked so far because oil is <laughs> up today, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes. So just looking at my screens, uh, I've got the US uh, WTI up zero point one and uh, Brent up zero point six.
0: Um, and yeah, uh, that just there, that's the- come back quite a bit actually. And 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 confusing it as well has been this whole uh, gasoline substitution happening as well in in Europe because there's been developments on that because Germany hasn't approved the Nord Stream two gas pipeline, which was going to double that capacity from Russia in, into Germany to avoid all Russia's troublesome neighbours. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's going to have an impact as well. It has had an impact on, on gasoline prices in Europe. Oh, definitely. I definitely think uh, European natural gas prices jumped about 10% after
1: that announcement that they were suspending the certification process for Nord Stream 2. Uh, and uh, that probably means that those um, gas shortages or gas constraints continue throughout the European winter there and continue to put a lot of strains in terms of energy uh,
0: energy markets there. All right, now UK job numbers, they were good too as well, weren't they? They're out of furlough. There was every reason to think that maybe those jobs would fall because so many people have been furloughed for so long. Were they real jobs? Well, they were because they've kept them. 1.1 million furloughed workers obviously stayed on and new jobs were found for 160,000 other people as well. So again, happy days.
1: Uh, definitely um, ha- um, happy days. Um, So uh, payroll employment, as you noted, lifted 160,000. So no signs that the end of the furlough scheme um, added to the ranks of the unemployed there, and you'd have to say, is uh, going to be starting to um, add to pressure for the BoE to, to hike rates mm. uh, in, in December after they bottled it in um, in October. Yeah, um, and Do you so, know, yesterday um, we were
0: saying it would be too soon. Just seeing one read would be too soon, but perhaps. We weren't expecting it to be quite so clear-cut as this. I mean, this is… Uh, yeah, it's
1: this- pretty clear, clear-cut. And then we and then we also get inflation data for the UK uh, later today. Yeah. So, I think the combination of those two things is probably enough to get the BOE across the line in, in December. And looking at market pricing, they're um, fully uh, pricing in a 15-basis point hike by the December meeting. And just worth noting, um, in terms of the steepness of, of that rate hike profile, it's relatively steep as
0: far as market pricing is concerned. Um thinking of about 100 basis points of hikes by August uh, next year. Right. And uh, talking about, uh, yeah, rate pricing, uh, the markets are suggesting 2022 still, aren't they, for Australia. But uh, we had Philip Lowe yesterday continuing to say that Australia is different from the rest of the world. The inflation genie isn't out of the bottle. No hike until 2024, as far as they're concerned. They're still clinging to that. Yes,
1: that's right. So Governor Lowe continues to explicitly state that uh, the data and his forecast do not warrant an increase in the cash rate in 2022. So very much pushing back on market pricing, which is pricing uh, in two rate hikes in 2022. Uh, in terms of why the RBA is thinking that, uh, they, they really think you need to get wages growth at 3% plus in order to have uh, inflation sustainably at the 2 to 3% inflation target. And part of that reason why it's going to take time is just all the inertia that is in the wage setting uh, process in in Australia. But I think it's fair to say that markets obviously don't believe the RBA and markets are really focused on the inflation signals that have been seen offshore and uh, the prospects of that uh, being reflected on onshore there. Well, how convenient. Uh, we get
0: wage price index uh, for Australia, don't we, for Q3 today. It was 1.7% last time, so it's not going to go up to 3%, is it? But is it going to rise? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we're expecting the year-on-year rate
1: to lift up to 2.2%. And just worth noting, pre-pandemic, uh, wages in Australia were growing about 2 to and a quarter percent. So, pretty much back to pre pandemic rates of wages growth in Australia. Now, of course, that's not enough uh, in order to bring the RBA to the rate hike table. And they really want to see wages growth uh, at that 3% plus rate. And so, that's going to take a little bit of time and really will depend on how tight the labor market is and how the response of wages is uh, to uh, an expected fall in the unemployment rate to the lowest levels since the 1970s. With, uh, I think, the RBA forecasting unemployment getting down to three Uh, or 3.8% or something like that uh, by uh, the late bit of 2023. So, Hmm. So uh, I I think in all these kind of things, there's a lot of uncertainty here, and it's worth being um, humble here. And what what we do know is offshore um, in the UK and in the US, uh, wages growth is relatively strong, uh, and the same thing in New Zealand as well. So I think the lift in wages growth uh, will likely come in Australia, and it just all depends about the inertia in the wage-setting process. How long does that take to translate uh, through to Australia? We
0: get New Zealand's producer prices today, don't we? We also get CPI for capital. Canada as well so uh, throwing the wage price index for australia and the uk cpi it's a, it's a day of uh, inflation numbers isn't it uh before we go uh biden and xi uh, they they logged on they talked they resolved nothing it, it's all about healthy competition so it's the tone is less confrontational than it has been but uh, also very little uh very little progress and um uh, the, you know the question is where does australia sit in all of this and uh, i guess we just don't know do we
1: well, I think it's pretty clear where Australia is. I think we signed the um, n- nuclear subs deal with, uh, with the US and the UK. So I think that's a pretty clear sign exactly where Australia is uh, in terms of its foreign policy there.
0: Fair point. All right. We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Uh, cheers. Thanks, Phil. And that's what a day of good news sounds like. That's it for today. I'm Phil W for NAB, back again tomorrow morning. See you then.